0: Celebrate good times. Come on. <laughs> oh, <good Lord. laughs> Welcome to the wicked edition of Second City Sports, Zoom style.
1: <laughs> Most people listening to this or watching this will not know what Sid just sang just now. <laughs> Zoom style, cool and a gang celebration, top hit from like the early 80s or something. <laughs> Go ahead, Sid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Sydney Brown. Hello, it's me. You can follow your show on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's SIDKID80. SIDKID80.
1: You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG.
0: You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, right here on YouTube at War Media. Our episodes will drop every Monday and Friday, right here on YouTube at War Media, once again at WARR Media. Our podcast schedule is still the same on Tuesdays and Saturdays at War on Anchor, once again every Tuesday and every Saturday at War on Anchor, which keeps you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and iHeartRadio app. Type in the search engine box on all podcast platforms. W-A-R-R on Anchor, and you can go to our website, weareregalradio.com, and you can follow us on all social media accounts. as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you very much in advance for your support.
1: Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends.
0: Remember our motto, we are unapologetically fun, and we're going to have some fun today. We welcome back friend of the show. He's the Chicago Bears beat writer for the Chicago Sun-Times, and he's the co-host of the, the hottest podcast next to ours, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Sports Adjacent. Uh, that's with co-host Russell Dorsey and producer Tony Gill, which we'll get into later. He is the one, the only, Mr. Jason Leisure. Jason, welcome back to the show, my friend. How are you? I am glad
2: to be back. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Uh, last time I did it, I was very excited when you guys reached out and invited me back. Yeah, we're glad Perfect to have timing. you back. Uh, we're going to
0: have some fun.
2: Yep. <laughs> exactly. well, yeah, you, boy, you guys got, you guys really uh, got a little bit lucky here because I, I'm sure you were planning to have me on just to talk about some nondescript offensive lineman or cornerback that they drafted. Mm-hmm. And it's, First time I can remember a Bears draft being exciting and interesting and surprising to everybody.
1: Well, tell, we'll tell, we'll tell everyone about it because what what was it like when you got some of the you know, the tweets and the messages that you got from last night when the Bears and Giants were swapping picks?
2: I mean, early in the day, I think hours before the draft in the afternoon, if you just scanned through Twitter, you saw people preparing for the worst, preparing for either a terrible idea, a terrible overpay for a trade to get a quarterback um, and people do not have a lot of confidence in Ryan Pace picking a quarterback or just a very boring need based draft pick, which I think would have been fine. I mean, sometimes you need an offensive tackle and the bears still need an offensive tackle Uh, as excited as everyone is about Justin Fields. That's, you know, that's a really important need. They need to fill on day two going into next season. And then, Everything starts to break their way as far as the draft is concerned. I mean, this is the guy they wanted, and he probably, in my opinion, should have been the number two quarterback taken, and he slips to fourth among the quarterbacks, and they're sitting there with a a very doable trade. It's expensive to trade away next year's first-round pick, especially if they end up being bad in 2021, which is very possible still. That could be a very high pick, and it's going to hurt to lose that but this made all the sense in the world to me this was so much more so much smarter and so much clearer of a move than when they traded up for Trubisky four years ago and I think what you saw was Chicago is just excited and thrilled by something the Bears did and I can't remember the last time that I mean it's been since 2018 it's been, it's been mm-hmm. two to three years since people were really excited about something the Bears did. And it's been a long time since something Ryan Pace did has been celebrated like this.
0: Yeah, it depend, depending on who you read and who you talk to and who you uh, listen to over the last 24 hours or so since the pick was made on Thursday night, uh, some people may, uh, uh, said that this was uh, head coach Matt Neckie's call uh, while others said LG and Ryan Pace's call. Uh, what is your take on that? Who who, who will get the ultimate credit for uh, drafting Mr. Fields?
2: Well, I think it's Pace. I think Pace gets the credit and with a lot of input, obviously, from Nagy. And Ryan Pace talked a little bit about that Friday, uh, Thursday night after the pick, comparing it to uh, and, and saying that he drew off of Matt Nagy's experience with the Chiefs when they drafted Patrick Mahomes, when they fell in love with all of these traits and qualities where they saw this guy is the future and traded up to get him. Um, it's going to be on Matt Neggy to develop Justin Fields. I think Pace mm-hmm. has done his job in, in the sense of getting a guy who everybody thinks will be really good. This is not, a sh- this is not a, as much of a gamble or a situation where Ryan Pace thinks he's the smartest guy in the room like with 2017. This is a guy that everybody can see. This guy dominated college football like no one else other than Trevor Lawrence and and beat Trevor Lawrence along the way. Um, and, and I think took him down to the final two minutes the year before. I mean, this is a guy who projects really, really well in every way. And the thing I'd be concerned about now with Matt Nagy is I, he I don't think he's ever coached a quarterback quite like this. And you can't say – here are all the reasons we fell in love with Justin Fields, including that he runs a 4.4 in the 40-yard dash. Yeah. And now we're going to beat into his head every day. You win from the pocket. You win from the pocket like they did with Mitch Trubisky. You can't take this guy because of all these great traits and then try to make him into something else. You've got to roll with what he is. A lot like they're not the same player at all. I think Justin Fields has the potential to be better, but a lot like Baltimore did with Lamar Jackson. They didn't bring in Lamar Jackson and say, hey, you need to become a pocket passer and all this stuff that made you great until this point, we're going to throw that out the window. So the Bears need to develop this guy. They need to hone his passing ability. They need to teach him and bring him along, but don't change the guy. Please let this guy play the way that he played at Ohio state that everybody fell in love with.
1: Now there was a tweet that came up from last month over last month that had Andy Dalton you know, QB1, you know, the Bears put out on Twitter. Now, that came back last night, you know, Thursday night, you know, because, of course, you know, with yeah. the Bears drafting Justin Fields. And, of course, Pace reiterated last, you know, on, on Thursday night that, you know, you know, Andy Dolan's our starter, he's QB1, blah, blah, blah. But do you think that Fields has a shot to perhaps win a starting job, you know, rookie, rookie year?
2: I think he's going to get the opportunity, and I think if he blows them away, they'd be crazy – not to. You're going you're gonna to stick with Andy Dalton just because you told Andy Dalton you would or just because you put out a tweet in March. I mean, if this guy blows them away, he's going to start. I cannot imagine that with their jobs on the line, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy would play the lesser of two quarterbacks. That being said, as excited as everyone is about Justin Fields, it would be highly unlikely and I know Andy Dalton is not a Hall of Famer or anything like that. It would be highly unlikely that he would be ahead of Andy Dalton by the time the season starts. It'd be highly unlikely for any rookie in that case to be ready ahead of an 11 year veteran or whatever Andy Dalton is. Um, that doesn't happen very much, even with the very best guys in a perfect world. If you had a quarterback, you could play for another year and you don't know if you have that in Andy Dalton, you really don't. Um, then the best case scenario would be to bring fields along for a year and get him ready to take over, in 2022. You saw a little bit of, of uh, Miami doing that this past season with Tua and that where he did come in eventually and he did take over. Um, and that was at a time when Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing pretty well overall. Yeah. This is going to be a case more, I think, of Andy Dalton's going to go into the season with the job. And if he plays his way out of that job, he's not going to be QB1 anymore.
0: Jason Leisure, the Chicago Bears beat writer for the Chicago Sun-Times, is joining us on the weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with LaKeena McGee and Sidney Browns. We discuss the Chicago Bears' first-round draft pick of quarterback Justin Fields out of Ohio State. Jason, I had a couple of instant thoughts that came to my head after the the draft pick on Thursday night, and one of them was uh, wide receiver Allen Robinson. Of course, when we had you on uh, the last time back in January, and I said – at that time, and of course, our audience knows that I said this throughout our last season that, that Alan Robinson was going to stay here due to the franchise tag. Now that's happened. Uh, now it looks like Justin Fields is going to be the future QB of this team. What if you have to give a percentage of Alan Robinson's signing a long term contract with the Bears, what
2: would that percentage be? The likelihood of it? Mm hmm. Well, I think they should, I think it should be 100%. But I thought that probably for the last year plus, And it didn't happen. Allen Robinson is 26, 27. I mean, he's just yeah. in the prime of his career and a big part of drafting a rookie quarterback is putting pieces around him. And so right now you look at where the bears are and they don't really have an offensive line to protect him. If he was to play this coming season, that's scary. And if they don't have Allen Robinson, then what weapons do they really are they really giving this guy? Anthony Miller's probably on his way out. You're going to draft a, a rookie receiver who hopefully will be ready to go right away. But um, Darnell Mooney is a really good, promising receiver, but I don't think anybody thinks he's going to be a number one. Cole Komet, the tight end, is still to be determined. We'll see. The tight ends usually need a year before you start to see them catch on and become weapons in the passing game. So you don't really know what you have around him. The one thing you would know for sure, the one thing you'd say, we can count on this, is Allen Robinson. And it, just an exemplary football player in every possible way, the right kind of teammate, the right kind of player, talent, work ethic, everything about this guy is what you want. And the Bears, I think their argument for not paying him what he wants to be paid is that they, don't, they maybe don't see eye to eye. I know they don't see eye to eye on his on his production Allen robinson views himself as a number one a legitimate number one top five-ish receiver in the league and they're looking at his stats and saying well not really you're more like about the 10th best receiver in the league i would probably argue and Allen robinson i'm sure would agree with this that he's put up those numbers with who with what quarterbacks man with Mitch Trubisky yeah. and Nick Foles and Chase Daniel.
1: And
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> do do I think you get bonus points if you do it with them. And I think that if he is playing with a more dynamic quarterback, a more talented quarterback, and Andy Dalton is probably better than those other guys. Andy Dalton – is there's it's not really you know a big thrill to sign Andy Dalton who the Bengals spent 10 years trying to decide if he was good or not and decided that ultimately he wasn't and then he was a backup for Dallas last year he's at that stage of his career but he's still better than Mitch Trubisky probably and he's definitely better than Nick Foles so that gives Allen Robinson a chance to be a little bit better this year and begin working on what could be a really dynamic threat with uh, Justin Fields so The Bears should want to keep that together. And as far as whether Allen Robinson would want to play here, I would imagine he's more excited about it after they've drafted Justin Fields than before, but it's got to come down to money for Allen Robinson. He wants to be paid. And it's not, I I try to explain this to people all the time. It's not like Allen Robinson needs the money to pay his mortgage or something like that. It's not about, it's not really about the money, even though it is about the money, it's about the respect. It's about this team stop saying all the time how great I am and how much you love me and pay me the way that other teams pay guys that they actually love. That's how you show respect for a player in football.
1: Show me the money. I'm sure that's what Robinson would want to say. Let's switch gears here and talk to the, talk about the defense for a second. Jason, um, they're a year, they're going to be a year older. You know, a lot of those guys are either near 30 or over 30. Yep. Fuller is yep. gone. So where do you think, do you think this defense, I know it's a little early, you know, to be, you know, to be thinking about this, but do you think the defense could probably be kind of where we thought the defense would be in recent years?
2: I don't know. I think that this defense in 2020 was still good. I don't, I, it's way too far to say that the defense isn't that the defense fell apart or something like that. It's still a good defense, but it's not that great defense that it was in 2018 or even 2019. It was still, super super bowl level defense this is where it hurts you trading away all these picks it's it doesn't hurt at the time if i tell you hey sid you can trade two future first round picks you have no idea what picks these will be or like in what order you have no idea who you'll get or whether that guy even becomes good you could trade those away right now and get khalil Mack. you're like yes let's do it Mm -hmm. i don't care about those picks Mm -hmm. and then even when those drafts come up you know, you have a draft where the Bears in 2019, their first pick is 73rd overall when they chose David Montgomery in the third round. Even that, you can kind of live with. The t- when it starts to hurt that you traded away those picks is a couple of years later when you don't have anybody coming up. You don't have anybody except Roquan Smith that's developing into a star in their prime. And so you haven't replenished. You've got to replenish every position years in advance. And they haven't been doing that on defense And you saw a defense last year that was getting old, getting thin on depth. And what did they do since then? They lost Kyle Fuller. That's about it. I mean, there's no real improvements on the defense. You're banking on a lot of shaky bets. You're betting on Akeem Hicks still being able to dominate like he has going into, I think this is year 10 for him. You're betting on, Uh, Desmond Trufant being able to be a viable corner. You don't have a third corner right now. You're betting on Robert Quinn just somehow turning things around after Mm -hmm. last year he was a disaster. That was a disastrous signing last year, and you're just Mm -hmm. betting now that there's another guy that's in his ninth or tenth year that's not usually a time when things turn around for a lot of athletes. Um, There's a lot of question marks there. So you're no longer in the position – where the Bears have been of, oh, if we could only just figure out this offense and get this offense scoring even 20 points a game, Mm -hmm. we'll be fine because that defense is great. That defense is still good, but right now I feel like going into 2021, that defense in some ways is hanging on for dear life. Chicago Bears beat
0: writer Jason Leisure from the Chicago Sun-Times is joining us on the weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with Lakeena McGee, I am Sidney Brown. Jason, you brought up the name of Hakeem Hicks just a couple of seconds ago. I wanted to go in this direction. As of this broadcast, the Bears are roughly $400,000 or so under the salary cap, technically. Yeah. I know Hakeem Hicks's name has been brought up Is still – Potential one of the players getting cut. Jimmy Graham, I know some people brought him up in the beginning of the offseason. I believe he's still here. Uh, Charles Leno Jr., uh, he was given a contract extension a couple years ago. Technically, he's still here. What do you think happens in the next coming, uh, obviously after the draft? What do you think happens in a couple days and weeks ahead before training camp in July? Do all three of those players remain here? Or do we see see a surprising trade uh, this coming weekend in uh, in the draft? We can move some of those high priced players.
2: I think all those guys are staying at this point. Okay. I don't think I think Hicks, Graham, Leno, all those guys are in the plan now for 2021. If they didn't move them by now, uh, they're not going to. I was wondering if Jimmy Graham was going to retire, and he clearly isn't. They're they're figuring on having him this season again. Um, under the salary cap to put that in perspective of how narrow their margin is. That's not enough to sign your rookie class. So they right now can't sign Justin Fields and whoever else they end up drafting this weekend, because you need at least a little bit to sign those guys, even though rookie contracts aren't that big. So something else has to happen. If you move Anthony Miller, he doesn't make a lot. I can't remember his exact cap number for 2021, but it's maybe a couple million. That would help. Um, And I think that's something they want to do anyway, even if it's only for a fifth or sixth round pick. I think they're done Mm -hmm. with him. And then maybe a restructuring or an extension for somebody. The Bears have been doing that a lot. They don't necessarily need to do a big one to make enough room to sign their rookies. But that's what I think will happen. It's a button. This is so when you asked about, uh, you know, what they might be doing cap wise, it's not going to be anything exciting. It's not going to be anything interesting, which is a good thing in this case. It's not going to be anything horribly upsetting either. Like, you know, losing (laughs) an all pro level corner and Kyle Fuller. Um, It's just going to be some accounting type things or maybe moving Anthony Miller or something like that.
1: Could be interesting to see what they do. So let's talk about the elephant in the room. Um, Aaron Rodgers you know, huh. all types of rumors are coming out. You know, he wants to say he doesn't, and then, you know, all this other stuff. So, but what's your prediction? What do you think Aaron Rodgers, or where does he go? Does he stay in Green Bay? Does he go to San – well, we don't need to go to San for now, but does he go to, like, maybe Vegas or Denver seems to be the hot rumor right now? What? What's your, uh, your synopsis in this?
2: Well, they're not getting rid of him. There's no way. I mean, you wouldn't trade Aaron Rodgers, would you, <laughs> for anything? What, what if What if the offer yesterday, Lachino, was – that the 49ers were offering the number three pick and maybe one other first in the future for Rodgers. Would you take that deal? If you're green Bay, would oh, you take that no. for the reigning MVP? No, no. Way. No, I mean, way. They were, no way. They were, they were right there. They were in the NFC title game last year and they've got the, they've got, I think the best quarterback that we've ever seen in football. I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't think anybody has brought what he has brought and you know, that's going to change eventually with, Mahomes will will take that spot by the end of his career. But for now, Rodgers is the best. And I would not let him go, and I don't think Green Bay would let him go. The thing that makes it really interesting to me is that he's an unusual guy. He's got a lot of interests beyond football. He has made a quarter of a billion dollars in his career in football salary. It wouldn't be the craziest thing for Aaron Rodgers to say, fine, I just don't want to play. I mean, he's done everything. He's won MVPs. He's made the money. He's won the Super Bowl. He has all these other things he could pursue. He could go be the host of jeopardy. Um, I think that's a pretty high paying job. Maybe not what he would make in football, maybe not 40 million a year, but who knows? Um, <laughs> I, he's the guy who would, he's the guy who would do it if any star was going to walk away just because they wanted to, and they just didn't want to play for, their team and they didn't ha- and the team wasn't going to trade them. I feel like Aaron Rodgers would do it. Going back
0: to the Bears' quarterback situation, Jason. Now that Justin Fields was uh, selected on Thursday, d- most NFL teams uh, don't keep three quarterbacks on the roster any- <laughs> uh, anymore. Uh, what happens? To- what do you think will happen? To- uh, what, ha- what do you think happens to Nick Foles at this point? Do you think it just get flat out cut, or do you think the Bears will try to trade him for a six or seven round pick this weekend? Uh, during the
2: draft I think what's going to happen for Nick Foles is he's going to spend the next two years cashing and checks and good for him but that's not good for the Bears this was a disaster deal from the beginning this I, this is not revisionist history from me I don't know how other people felt about this but I thought this was a terrible idea from the beginning when you're so bad off at quarterback that your plan is Let's take a guy the Jaguars are thrilled to rid themselves of. Let's do that. <laughs> and, le- and while we're at it, let's pay a lot for it. Let's give up a fourth round pick and give him guaranteed money for three years. Well, what are you doing? And, and this is not some mistake that Ryan Pace made at the beginning of his career. This was a year ago, Sid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yep. This was a disaster. This was a guy who I, I know that people love Nick Foles' story. I love Nick Foles' story. It's a cool story. It's one of the coolest stories I can think of in the history of sports where this guy who is basically a, a lifelong journeyman and backup comes in at just the right time and had and gets hot, incredibly hot and leads the Eagles to the championship. That, that is as cool a story as you're going to find in sports. It doesn't mean that he's a good quarterback. It doesn't mean that he's really been a good quarterback over the past decade. He's bounced around to all these teams for a reason. And now Jacksonville, I I thought, and a lot of other people thought they were suckers for falling for that and saying here, yeah, Nick Foles, he's going to, this is his time. Let's give him an $80 million contract. And Jacksonville realized in a couple of months that they were wrong. And everybody thought (laughs) the Jaguars were going to have to give up something to get rid of him. You know what I mean? Like they do in the NBA, staple Mm -hmm. a second round pick to him to get someone to take him. And instead the bears are offering a fourth round pick. And then the bears commit themselves to this guy, When he can't play, he had that great game against the Falcons when he came in last year and then was a disaster after that. I mean, how bad do you have to be that they will admit their mistake and go back to Mitch Trubisky late Mm -hmm. in the season with the playoff hopes on the line? Mm -hmm. And I don't think they can trade him because I don't think the rest of the league will fall for that. I don't think anybody (laughs) would give up even a sixth or seventh round pick to bring on that contract. And the Bears are on the hook for that contract, not just this year, but next year, too. So I think they're going to carry three quarterbacks. And Nick Foles is going to be oh, there <laughs> in kind of that Chase Daniel, really expensive, oh, boy. <laughs> um, extra quarterback coach type role.
1: Yeah, probably more of a mentor to Justin Fields, no doubt. So let's talk about the whole first round for a second there, gentlemen. Um, Jason, what, who are your outside the Bears, you know, of course, picking Fields? Who were your sort of surprises, steals? You're like, wait, huh? That guy kind of, that guy's sort of a reach at that number. What, what was sort of your, your breakdown from the Thursday night's first round?
2: I just thought it was interesting where the quarterbacks landed. I thought it was interesting that regardless of who took Justin Fields, back in February, everybody believed he, or even in March, I think, everyone believed that Justin Fields was the best quarterback other than Trevor Lawrence. And those guys were going to go one and two. And that's what everyone thought after watching all of uh, Justin Fields' tape at Ohio State. And then through this process of nitpicking and overthinking in some cases, he slides to fourth or even fifth, depending on who you talk to going into the draft. And Trey Lance moves ahead. I think Trey Lance played one game last year. And he's playing at North North Dakota State. That's hard to predict how that's going to work in the NFL to compare that to NFL play, as opposed to comparing quarterbacks from Clemson, Alabama, Ohio state. Um, And, and even BYU is a little more of a comp, but that one's going to be tougher to say whether Zach Wilson is going to be able to play at the NFL level. So seeing where those guys went, seeing which teams felt they needed a quarterback, which teams felt they didn't need a quarterback. I mean, couldn't the giants use Justin Fields and they traded away the pick to the Bears? to take him. You saw Denver pass on a quarterback. I, a lot of teams that Detroit Minnesota teams that didn't seem to me like they have a long-term answer at quarterback didn't take one. And then new England does. And it's, it's always scary. Whatever new England does,
1: anything they do, you
2: always think like, man, he probably knows something. And uh, I wonder how, I wonder how Mac Jones is going to turn out getting a really good opportunity there. Sometimes really more talented quarterbacks end up in bad spots and they never develop because of that and less talented quarterbacks land in perfect spots. And that's why they become really good because they are brought along expertly. And that's, that's what, that's the situation the bears are in right now. You know, you wonder if the bears had gotten Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes four years ago, would they have ruined him? And if Trubisky had ended up in Kansas city, would they have made something out of him? You always wonder that with quarterbacks and that's going to really be something to watch this year. Do these guys, these five guys that everyone thinks are really good, who's really the best of them talent wise, and who is really going to benefit from being in the right spot. Mac Jones probably is the fifth best out of those five, but I wonder what his career is going to be because he landed in such a, with such a great organization, such, I mean, if anyone's going to maximize him, it would be them.
0: I think for me, Lakina, as I said in our last episode, I thought the Atlanta Falcons would draft Justin Fields. Of course, they go with the tight end Kyle Pitts out of, uh, out of Pittsburgh. So I, no, Florida, I should say, sorry. Yeah. Uh, He, he he goes to, to Atlanta. I I said, it, it. Falcons would have drafted Justin Fields. Uh, the draft would have been <laughs> all messed up. But mm-hmm. I think to your point, Jason, about Bill Belichat, or as we call him on this show, Bill Belichick. <laughs> I thought well, Justin
2: Fields. Uh, you you wouldn't be- mind if he was cheating for your team, Sid. You wouldn't mind if he not. was over there on the Bears <laughs> sideline. Doing all you. you'd, exactly. You'd <laughs> every minute,
1: exactly. You'd, you'd,
2: you'd be the fall. You'd offer to be the fall guy. You're like I'll play those footballs. <laughs> yeah, no exactly. problem. Man.
1: I'll plant those cameras. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> exactly but Thank
0: you. it's the teams that you just mentioned jason that that passed up on justin fields like carolina of course yeah. now they have sam Darnold in denver, and denver now they have teddy bridgewater uh, i think bill belichick would have uh taken justin fields if the bears didn't move up to get uh fields but uh, it, it it was a good pick for new england to get mac jones like you said he knows something that most people don't know and i, I wouldn't be surprised i'm not I'm not going to sit here and say that he's going to be the next time Brady, but I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Jones stays there in New England. He has a good solid career there.
2: That's, that that will hurt if that happens. If he outperforms, that will hurt the Bears. That will hurt Ryan Pace. That'll sting a little bit for Chicago if he ends up outperforming Justin Fields because mm-hmm. that was their choice. Once they moved up, the guys that were left were Fields or Jones. They could have chosen mm-hmm. out of those two, and I would have chosen Fields for sure. I would have chosen Fields. Mm-hmm. I would have taken him out over anybody except Lawrence, so I I think that will work out, but that's going to be interesting to watch. Those will be the two guys you compare going forward now if you're in Chicago.
1: Oh, definitely. Um, I think for me, um, you know, Sewell, you know, I, I, look. I thought that the Bengals were going to get him, but you know they went with you know Joe Burrow's former team at LSU, Jamar Chase, which you know was a good pick. But you know the Bengals need white need a uh, line help, and maybe they'll maybe they'll do that later on. You know as the as the draft goes. And look, I think Najee Harris. You know the Steelers got their guy at 24, and also too he hosted a, a draft party for some kids at a shelter that he lived in. If you guys know his story, he lived at a shelter for many years before he ended up. You know, being adopted and end up going to Alabama, of course. You know, doing some great things there, and um, I I think that's it. I mean, pretty much everybody kind of went where you expect. I mean, look, Northwestern had two first rounders for the first time Mm -hmm. ever, so you got to give props to Coach Fitzgerald and what he's done. I mean, Gray Newsome Jr. He ends up going to Cleveland, and 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 look, I I think that if you're and Slater ended up is a you know now he's going to be protecting um herbert's blind side over at um, lost in the, with the chargers so i would say look northwestern getting two first round picks i mean that that's great and look not nothing was really like you know oh my god you know they, they reach for this guy so i, I think that it kind of went what you expected maybe the names and the order was probably a little bit different but i think pretty much everybody would would, would everybody kind of went what we were supposed to and it kind of went according to script for the most part
0: Jason Leisure of the Chicago Sun-Times Bears Beat Riders joined us on the weekend edition of Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown as we head down the home stretch of this conversation. Jason, let's switch it up now and talk about your podcast, uh, The Sports of Jason, <laughs> part of the House of L Network. That's from from Lawrence Holmes, midday yeah. host of 670 The Score, WSCR in Chicago. It stars yourself along with another good friend of this program. Russell Dorsey, Cubs beat writer of the Chicago yeah. Sun-Times, and Tony Gill, your executive producer. Uh, yes. I'll share a little story. I worked with him as we were working with the Dean Davis show uh, a few yeah. years ago. He is a great young man. He's a great he talent. Is. And so he's an up and rising star in this business. People, yeah. if you haven't paid attention, you better pay attention to him now. I really oh, yeah. mean it. But uh, working with him, I saw the beginnings of Mr. Gill. Yes, he has some outrageous hot takes. I know he, he tries to uh, – stir the pot a little bit. I kind of do <laughs> that too, but Tony Gill, is, is, he steps out there just a, a little bit more further than just I do. Little, right? so just a little, right? Just a little You guys, let's just say in all due respect, <laughs> and we're having fun with this. You guys are getting the full boat, and then so we're, we're working with Mr. Gill. So talk to us about how that project
2: uh, came about. It's ridiculous how much – I mean, this was a project that Russ and I have had in the works for – Six months at least before it debuted, and we've spent so much time and so much effort in this on this. And now, two months into it actually being a thing, all anybody ever wants to ask us about, both of us, is Tony. (laughs) I can't believe Tony said this. Why did Tony say that? Does Tony really (laughs) think this? What's, What's it like having to deal with Tony all the time? And Tony is. Tony is one of my closest friends and has been for most of the time I've lived here. And it's what he is on our show is what he is in real life. I mean, this is not, it's not an act. It's not a character that he's playing. He is a little bit out there. And, it's, and as a friend, it's been one of my favorite things about him. As someone trying to put on a podcast, it can be absolutely maddening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow uh yeah how do i top that so um you guys just i've I to a podcast it's a great podcast you guys should definitely check it out you, you guys don't just do sports you do like pop culture and mm-hmm. the last thing you guys did was about food and such so you know what 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 makes this podcast different from like some of the other podcasts that's on, that's out right now. Cause, cause there's so many including yeah, ours, yeah. but what makes there you is. guys different?
2: <laughs> I think it is barely a sports podcast and that's the kind of thing I like to listen to. I don't oh, yeah. want to listen to people debate middle relievers and, you know, mm-hmm. hypothetical trades and things like that. I would much rather talk about some of the more interesting things around sports. We've veered off of that quite a bit lately. Uh, but i but i i enjoy talking about some of the little twitter controversies and sideshow stuff that happens around sports <laughs> and as far as as far as russ i mean both of us have other platforms both of us do a lot of different things media wise but we neither of us has a, a platform or an outlet to really just let loose and talk about whatever we want and you know, when there's some interesting controversy that happens in the NBA, for example, which is like every day, which is my favorite thing about it, um, neither of us has any play- marquee network and the Sun-Times and all in the score. They're not calling and asking us about any of that. We're, we got to do our jobs for those places. This is an outlet for us to talk about whatever we want. And him and I have for a while, Russ and I have had these, we just have these great entertaining, interesting, uh, sometimes deep conversations in our friendship. And it translates really, really well to doing that on the podcast, I think. And usually I feel like if we're having fun and we're laughing, then probably the listeners are too. And that's going to be what most of the show is. If you listen to it, we're eight episodes in right now. You can find it on iTunes, Sports Adjacent. Um, you can and please listen and subscribe. We'd appreciate it because we're trying to get this thing off the ground still. Um, and, but, but both of us have uh, a lot of other interests and a lot of really serious thoughts about society and culture and um, the way a lot of different things are going in our country right now and, and about other things like sports media that people might be interested in. So, you know, while 70, 75% of it is going to be nonsense, um, the other, you know, we might hit you every now and then with some some deeper, more interesting topics, some things that actually matter.
0: Last moment or two with Jason Leisure, the Chicago Sun-Times, he's the Bears beat writer right here on Sega City Sports Weekend Edition, along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. Before I ask my last question, Jason, I wanted yeah. to piggyback off your point about uh, different topics uh, i like the you guys have a good balance it's not all sports obviously it's a yeah. little to do with sports it's everything but sports if you steal that title please give me the credit but <laughs> but i uh, like uh, the, some of the topics like mm-hmm. how you spend your semi money your siblings checks <laughs> or course tony never been to a library he uh, did put it on twitter so he he's crossed that off his list and also yes
2: he i dug took it to his dating life <laughs> <laughs> So I like the variety of those topics. I, uh, good. I'm glad you like it, man. Thank you. I, I don't want to do just another cookie cutter sports debate show. That's not what any of us want to do. And, and I'm very fortunate to be in business with really interesting people. And both of those guys, you know, Russ is a really interesting person with a lot of, um, a lot of great stories in his background and having a lot of interesting experiences now. Uh, having a great job covering the Cubs for the Sun-Times and traveling around the country doing that. And like I said, Tony is, uh, Tony is probably one of the most free-thinking, um, out-there friends that I have. So uh, both of these guys make it really easy to do a great, interesting show.
1: It, it it really is. I love your rapport between the two, between the three of you. It's, it's just amazing. And like I said, and like and like I said, you know that that last one you guys did with breakfast foods, I thought it was just hilarious. And I just thank
0: you, like, thank you.
1: I was like, oh God. And you know, and and, and, and what, like Sid said with you know Tony saying he has not been to had not been to the library until you took him. I'm like, oh oh, good lord. Okay, That's, that was
2: appalling. That's so disappointing. <laughs>
1: come on, like really, come on, Tony. Um, but last question for me. Um, Mayor Lightfoot um, announced earlier this week that. You know, yeah. that the Bear, uh, the Bulls and the Blackhawks will be able to have fans, you know, mm-hmm. 25%. Um, do you think that the Bears will be at full capacity by the time their season starts? You know, Sid and I kind of have this bet where, I mean, I would, I said full capacity by the fall, by like mid-September, right before the NFL season starts. Sid, I think you said, yeah. what, late summer, you know, for yeah, the Cubs? Mm-hmm. And
0: the Around White the All-Star, baseball All-Star, but not late July, early August, yeah.
1: So you're the yeah. tiebreaker, Jason. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I don't have a medical degree and I'm not an infectious (laughs) disease expert. And I think that's what you really need to be to answer that question, Uh, not just a sports writer. But if I had to guess, I would guess that yes, outdoor NFL stadiums will be able to go to full capacity. I would think so. I mean, the new guidance from the CDC is that it doesn't really transmit very much outdoors. So that helps. But one of the things that the NFL does that they did, that they've done throughout the pandemic, that's been smart is they don't they haven't been making decisions until they've had to. So they didn't make a decision on the 2020 season and training camp and things like that until summer. They don't do it they're not going to say now let's have full stadiums or let's commit to 50% capacity. They're not going to do that now. They're going to wait and see how things are at. See how you know see what the vaccination rates are, see what the positivity rates are. I mean, who knows? I think you could say this at any time but really in the last year you can sit here and say it and mean it who knows what things are going to look like four months from now I mean who which of the three of us has any idea what the country is going to be like what Chicago is going to be like what just general society as far as being in crowds and 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 guidance and restrictions and social distancing is going to be like four months from now that is so far away that a lot of things could change and that's why the NFL isn't isn't making these uh, these concrete declarative statements about what they're going to do.
0: Okay. Last question from me, Jason. We'll end it on a fun one. Of course, Versus is an entertainment company that that had been having these uh, battles between music artists from the R&B and Mm hip-hop world for the last year or so. You had uh, Snoop Dogg and the now late DMX who just passed. You had Brandy and Monica. You had uh, the old school group, uh, the Isley Brothers in uh, Chicago's very young Earth, Wind & Fire, which was great. I enjoyed it. Steve Harvey, I love you, but you're not the host, show. Please sit down. But with that being said, I want to ask you, Jason, dead or alive, what two music artists, or it could be an artist and or a group, dead or alive, that you'll put up against a battle and you will watch uh what would those uh, music groups be and why? Uh,
2: man. Um I gotta pick two that bat see, and this is what I wouldn't be good at is who would battle. Uh do they have to be in the same genre? Because I think it'd no. be interesting to watch. They don't have to be. No, yeah, no, not it'd be interesting at all. To you can mix people... it up. And... It'd be interesting to watch people that were of different genres. Uh, I would want to see Jay Z and Otis Redding.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Mm, okay. Okay. Shake things up.
2: We like it. We like yeah. it.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, you know, they got you know Jay Z got a whole library and Redding, you know, even though his sadly career was cut short and right. life was cut short i think yeah. he's got a pretty good he's got a pretty good library of music i i would love that that'd be cool
2: I, I like i'm a big fan of both of those guys and uh i i kind of thought of it because jay-z and kanye west sampled one of otis redding's songs on yeah. wash the throne so maybe mm-hmm. maybe they'd have an appreciation and uh it, it i think that'd be interesting i'd watch that <laughs>
0: Yeah, also Kanye samples Chaka Khan a lot, especially during his first he did. two albums. Yes, Chicago's he, very young. Yes, but he did. that's a whole nother issue. <laughs> that was Jason Leisure of the Chicago sun Times, Chicago Bears B writer, and of the Sports of Jason podcast with Russell Dorsey and Tony Gill. Where can everybody find you on social media? Uh,
2: you can follow me at Jason Leisure on Twitter. That's pretty much it. Um, and you just gotta make sure you spell my name right on there. It's L I E S E R. All right. Thank you very Thanks, much for. Jason. This
1: was so yeah, much thank fun. you very much
2: for coming on our program today. Great job! You keep up the
0: great work, young Yay. man. We'll definitely have you back. Hopefully, before training camp or before the season starts. So keep up the great work with the Sun Times and with with the podcast, and we'll have you back on again soon.
2: Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good. Thanks.
1: One. You stay you safe. safe. All right. That, yep. All right. That was Jason Lither. Also, too, you can follow the at Sport adjacent podcast at Sports. Underscore at Jason on Twitter. So make sure you guys check that out. Lots of you know great Mm -hmm. episodes. Eight episodes in, and you'll you'll love every minute of it. We promise.
0: Yes. And also what we try to do on this show, Lakini, I know it's a different platform. We mostly talk about sports, but we mix things up here and there. And, and, that, and that's what, that's what I like. And that's what we try to do. Those guys do it a little bit more with that platform over there on the house of L subscribe to that podcast as well. I know you guys do it for us here, do it over there as well. Support our friends of the show. And you'll be better off for it. I promise you.
1: All right. Sid. So we've got a couple of minutes left, Sid. Um, as far as like the rest of the, the the first round of the draft, you know, as far as the Bears win, I think, you know, it was a little after, little after eight o'clock our time where the, you know, we got word that the Bears were going to trade with the Giants and swap picks to, you know, to swap those picks, you know, that the Bears were able to get at 11 and, you know, of course the Giants ended up going to 20. I, I mean, I was sort of, I was kind of like pleasantly shocked that, as Jason mentioned earlier, that they kind of went, you know, the route you know, and getting Justin Fields and getting a, a franchise, a potential franchise quarterback. Look, I I don't know, I, I think this is what this, this was more for, and I said this on um, like a like a post-drafting that, that we did with Kyle Means, of course, Ryan Bukovetsky. It'll be interesting to see. Like, I, I think they're going to try and go try and go for it this year. I think you know in the NFC North because with the you know Rodgers' future in question, you know you don't know what Minnesota's going to do. You don't you know Detroit's there. Detroit they're rebuilding, so I know some people are saying that maybe having Fields there, we'll see what they do. With the Bears do the rest of the draft, but they're mm-hmm. the thinking is that they maybe they're going to try and go for the division. What do you think?
0: Here's a couple of things that popped into my head. Had uh, to calm down for the, all my feels, uh, Justin feels excitement. As soon as I came home last night, I saw the news uh, on my phone. I, I, I forgot the actor's name from that movie, It's a Wonderful Life. I wanted to run down the streets and say, the Bears yeah. actually did it. Woohoo, it's a <laughs> wonderful life. It's not a prank, it actually happened. Oh my God. Woo. But <laughs> had to calm down, the left side of my brain came in. For those of you who don't know, I know we have new lists, especially with Jason, Leisure, uh, uh, his followers uh, watching this program today and mm-hmm. listening to it. Um, the right side of my brain is the emotional side of my brain. The left mm-hmm. side is my intelligence part. The intelligence part came into play, and a couple of things came to mind. If, if, let me say this again, if there's going to be a quarterback battle in training camp once it opens in July in Hallis Hall, do you trust head coach Matt Nagy to... Uh, properly evaluate that process, one, because there will be three preseason games this year because you have 17 regular season games this year instead of 16. Number two, you, we talked about it with Jason. You saw what Matt Nagy did last year. He couldn't wait to get Nick Foles in there. You saw what happened. It blew up in their face. It wasn't for the defense. The Bears would have been 5-11 instead of 8-8 uh, um, uh, with a playoff berth. With those two things being said, Lakin, do you trust your head coach, Matt Nagy? I don't want to ruin anybody's celebration of Mr. <laughs> Fields, but I want to keep keep this in mind, Bears fans. Put it in the back of your mind, and then be prepared when training camp opens in late July. And this is going to be one of many headlines. For, for people to say it's not going to be, you're kidding yourself. You don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Do you trust head coach, Matt Nagy, if there's a quarterback uh, not controversy, but if there's a quarterback battle, do you really trust Matt Nagy to properly evaluate the process? I don't.
1: Mm-hmm. And well, and like I said, it's going to be very interesting to see what direction they go with this because, yeah, you can kind of see why. Yes, if if Fields does outperform the Dalton, you know, in training camp, he could probably get the start. But again, you know, Dalton, you're giving him, you got you gave him ten million dollars, so you're not just going to have him sit there all the time, but. You know, people are already betting on when, you know, when he'll get the start fields, we'll we'll see. But I, I think it's a, it's a lot of I think we gotta kinda have to wait and see. You know, we don't know if we'll train camp has a start yet and we just don't know. And it'll be interesting to see how they how they do here. Um, yeah. um what, are you, what are you expecting the rest of the draft? Because there's still a lot of big names that are still out there as we go into the draft. This I think by the time this at least is on Saturday tomorrow, on Saturday, you know, for our audio people, it'll be mm-hmm. you know day three with everything else that's been happening. So, what what names are you still kind of on the lookout for?
0: I'm just paying attention for, for the Bears. Uh, I know there's a lot of offensive tackles out there that are left. Hopefully, the Bears could get one or two because they need depth there, and I want them to get a pass rusher. I think they'll achieve those things. Uh, in um, um, once this draft wraps up this weekend, so I'm looking forward for the Bears to draft a tackle, a left tackle in particular, because I assume, and most of you people that are listening, watching us are smart fans as well. The majority of you, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Dalton, I'm putting my money on him being the starting week one. And as I said in the last episode, Lakina, last time I checked, Andy Dalton has is not a mobile, uh, uh, not a mobile co- quarterback. He hasn't been. He'll never will be, especially given his age. Okay. So, you need to draft a left tackle. And I know the offensive linemen that were injured for the Bears last year, they're coming back. But as Jason Leisha said when he was here the last time in January, you don't know how the offensive line is going to perform. Yeah, they did well last year with the injured pieces that were out. But with all those guys coming back, do you think the same thing is going to happen again? You just cannot predict. And so, for the Bears, you take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playbook, you build an offensive line like a brick wall, okay? And that's mm-hmm. what happened with the Buccaneers last year because time Brady's forty-three, soon to be forty-four the years old at the start of this upcoming season, okay? You need to p- protect both quarterbacks, but Andy Dalton, assuming he's your star, which I think he will be in week one, you gotta protect them as much as possible because he's not not a mobile quarterback. And given the way the defenses work in the NFL, in today's NFL, he's he's gonna get killed. And oh, if, if you're yeah. the Bears, you cannot afford that. And before we head to break, looking. I was going to bring up my second point, which, which is Ryan Pace with the Justin Fields pick. Mm-hmm. It gives him a little leeway, but he, along with head coach Matt Nagy in particular, you still got to work like your job's on the line.
1: Oh, yeah. The, the hot
0: seat is still hot. You oh, know. yeah. You know, I know everybody in Bears Nation is feeling good about the pick, and rightly so, but both those guys, Pace and Nagy, your butts are still on on the line. You still have to win.
1: And I okay. think that's going to be the number of the million dollar questions. If, mm-hmm. yes, you know, you got Justin Fields, but now can you win with him? You know, is he going to be the guy for this season? Mm-hmm. And and we'll see. I mean, look, Tevin Jenkins is a, a tackle that's sought after that surprisingly is still on the board. So we'll see if he, you know, maybe we'll see if the Bears maybe can get him. Asante Samuel Jr., I know they're going to need secondary help too. So... You wonder, maybe the Bears I watched to... his
0: daddy play for the yeah. Patriots. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know, <laughs> so right? I telling to, we we're telling our ages of Likina. I know,
1: look, <laughs> look, when I saw Javon Ho- – Look, look, when I saw Javon Horne get drafted by Carolina, I was like, oh, Lord, that's the- – oh, God, Joe horn has got a kid <laughs> in the NFL hey, now. Hey, Patrick
0: Sertan, his son got know, drafted yes. on Thursday. I'm like, man, I'm getting uh, old.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> you won't hear
0: me say that too much on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it,
1: it, it's crazy, right? You make – you know, time flies, Jesus. But, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. look, you still got a lot of Danes out there, too, so, well, we'll see. I mean, look, there are a lot of names out there, I think. Well, look, we'll, we'll talk about it on, on Monday. You know, we won't have grades or anything like that, but we'll talk about, like, how the teams, especially the Bears, how the mm-hmm. rest of their draft plays out. But should be a lot of fun. I mean, look, I thought the first round was great, although Kadarius, um, Tony's um, – I, I, I'm assuming that was his mother that was wearing that weird, like uh, – I don't know what that was that pink <laughs> zipper in the front. I don't know what, what that was. You know, when he got drafted by the giants, you know, a great roster from Florida. Um, I, I, that, that kind of threw me off a little bit for the rest of the night. I'm, I'm still like, I had nightmares about that last night, but you know, I, I just, uh, I, I just kind of threw me out there, but, they, but look, everybody there, there was no anything weird or there were no like, you know, dogs, you know, in the draft room or although when Sewell got drafted by the lions, you know, the, the, the way their brass was celebrating, you think they just got Aaron Rodgers? It was just, it, it was great but I mean look look he was look he opted out after the first game he is actually a great um tackle from Oregon but mm-hmm. you know look you need somebody to protect golf blindside because he's gonna need it but mm-hmm. I thought that was a pretty good nice moment but look seeing all the mm-hmm. moments and the stories of some of these players like that, that's what the draft is all about so
0: well at least uh, Lions head coach Dan Campbell will be buying his kneecaps off just yet oh, No,
1: <laughs> he might sit on him too so but, <laughs> oh. but he might sit on to look Devontae Smith ends up going to Philly you know, I think Hurts will you know. got – Yeah, that's weapons. a great
0: pick, and also Miami's pick uh, with Jalen Waddle.
1: Yes, oh that, yeah, to
0: Miami. That's uh, that could be a great pick as well. So I I love those two picks. I'm glad like, you brought those up.
1: Well, um, the Baltimore's face Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. Look, Lamar mm-hmm. definitely needs some weapons to throw to. So I think that that that's a. Uh, but that always helps. You never have too many of those. ATN ends up reuniting with Trevor Lawrence, you know, in Jacksonville. So look, a lot of great stories and we'll have, we'll probably have more when we can be on Monday and talk more draft.
0: Yeah. The first round was a little bit better than what people expected. I thought it was going to be a little bit of a shakeup, but it, uh, it didn't turn out that way. Maybe the later rounds we'll, we'll see those. We'll see, like you said, we'll review uh, all the surprises and non-surprises in our next episode. So uh, it, it the draft was, uh, the first round was very interesting on Thursday. It should be uh, more interesting as uh, they wrap it up this weekend uh, in Cleveland.
1: Well, well, one question before we go to break. Were you surprised that Trey Lance ended up going to San Fran?
0: A little, a little, but, you know, it came down to him and Mac Jones. And I know head coach uh, Kyle Shadahan for the 49s, I read somewhere uh, Thursday. Uh, he was the only person that knew and, and all that. As we, Tell you on this program around this time it's lion season, so mm-hmm. <laughs> so anybody can throw anything out there to maneuver themselves or not have the other teams look at their potential uh, guys. So uh, after the the calm of the storm has passed away, I, I wasn't too surprised. like, mm, Okay, but after the emotions settled down, I'm, I'm not shocked at all. But as as, as we uh, say said uh, the last couple of episodes, we'll say it again, Jimmy G. Ie Jimmy Garoppolo, you're on the clock, brother.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, Sid, I'm ready. Are you ready to take this like 20 second timeout? Yeah, yes. So can kind yes. stretching Yes. Look, of, of course, yes. I need
0: to ref ref refuel, refresh because we got a lot of talk about oh, in, yeah. in this uh, next segment. Uh, the White Sox get back on track. The Cubs uh, in Atlanta. Uh, you need to get the heck out of there fast. But I think there's just more problems than the Atlanta Braves. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. and we got to uh, talk about uh, a couple other cities that are potentially moving to full capacity and stay us in terms of baseball, and we got to get to the best of, and worst of the NBA of the, from this past week and give you some of the key games from this upcoming weekend to uh, pay attention to. All that and more is straight ahead. Along with LaKeena McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the second half of the weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. Along with Laquina McGee, which is she, I am Cindy Brown. That's right, haters. That's me. <laughs> you can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SAKID80. Once again, that's SAKID80. That's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee
1: on the IG.
0: You can catch this podcast, Second City Sports, right here on YouTube at War Media every Monday and Friday. Once again, you can catch Second City Sports with a sneak peek on the visual every Monday and Friday right here on YouTube at War Media, once again at WARR Media. You can catch the audio version of this audio version of this program still on the same schedule every Tuesday and Saturday. That's at War on Anchor. Once again, every Tuesday and Saturday at War on Anchor, which gets you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and that iHeartRadio app. We're available on all podcast platforms. Make sure you type in that search engine box to find us, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can go to our website, weareregalradio.com, for more details. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L, radio.com. And you can follow us on all social media platforms, that's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at War Media. Once again, at W A R R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you very much, in advance, for your support as we spring on to the month of May.
1: Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends, folks.
0: Yes, and since we are broadcasting from right here in Chicago, let's tell everybody the good news—at least on one side of town—and that's the Chicago White Sox. The Southsiders got back on track by winning the day-night doubleheader over the Detroit Tigers. Uh, on Thursday, by the score of three to one in the first game, eleven to nothing in the second game. After uh, a piss poor effort, excuse my French for the kids that's listening, after a terrible effort on Tuesday, where the Tigers committed five errors, you only scratched out two runs. Uh, after that, four-game winning streak was snapped, but they came back on Thursday to sweep the doubleheader of cheating ass A.J. Hinch of the Detroit Tigers. Uh, you get, you're getting waiting to face the Cleveland Indians for three games at home this weekend on the south side of Laquina. Uh, my quick takeaways from this series against the Tigers, Dylan Seas looked great in that seven-inning shortened doubleheader game with a career-high nine strikeouts. Uh, it was a, his first career shutout. The first game, Carlos Rodon pitched his you-know-what off. It, oh, obviously, it wasn't a no-hitter, but he kept the Tigers lineup at bay. Uh, as I said before, Laquita, Johan Mankata is coming around. We've been telling you all for the last couple of weeks. Don't worry about him. He's going to be okay. He hit another home run on Thursday in game two of that doubleheader. And the Yamaneta, <laughs> Yerman Mercedes, he's still the, the one of the hottest stories, if not the hottest surprise in baseball he keeps doing it if the all-star game was held next week he'll be a starting dh i know the dh is not the rule this year because it's a in a national league ballpark in colorado this year but uh your man mercedes uh, will be uh one of the top four getters right now for the all-star game
1: yeah i, I really like that performance by him and also too by the white Sox. they needed that that ball is still the, going <laughs> yeah also, i think they still haven't found that ball yet i think it's i think it's out in aurora i think but um but like, this was, this was a, yeah, this was this was a this was a series that they really needed. I mean, they 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 lost that opener, but then they were able to come back and you know, sweep that that day nine doubleheader and Los C's looked really good. I mean, there have been I know there have been a lot of White Sox fans that have been very hesitant on C's, I mean, because there have been some games mm-hmm. where he showed his great stuff like you just saw a couple of nights ago, but then there have been some nights where he's been just terrible. And I'm glad mm-hmm. we got the good deal in these. But let's hope that he can keep it up the rest of the season. And look, you know, Louis Garcia looked really good in that that second game of that double header where the is. Soccer... Yes, it's
0: Larry, not Larry. Larry. Folks. It's yes. not Larry. yeah. I don't
1: know. I don't know where people always think that it's his name's Larry, but he keeps saying it's Lurie, folks. Come on now. Thank he's been telling you, you that Thank for you. been telling you that for years. But I mean, <laughs> you know, that was a that was a nice sale, a nice performance by him and And look, I mean, I mean, you know, Louise Robert, you know, had a really good series, you know, even though he didn't, he struck out twice in that second doubleheader. But look, I think that this is what you want at this point. Look, the White Sox are 14 and 10. They're in second place in the AL Central. This is probably, this is where you want to be. You probably thought that maybe it'd be a little bit better record-wise. But look, I think this is probably the best place, the best case scenario for the White Sox, you know, for the White Sox right now. And I think, look, I, th- I know that people are going to be, you know, going crazy over what happened in that first game against the mm-hmm. Tigers, where we can kind of tell that maybe, maybe LaRusso should have pulled some guys, you know, all everyone was blaming LaRusso. And it's it's going to be for the rest of the season, you know, the wins, you know, people are like, yay, you know, good for, you know, Jerminator and Garcia and mm-hmm. Tim Anderson. But yet when someone loses, like, oh, I guess it's LaRusso's fault then whenever they lose. So but I'm <laughs> hoping that that's not the case the rest of the season. But look, I think, like I said, you're 14-10, you're right there where you need to, where you want to be. But would it be, would you rather be in first place? Well, you know what, KC, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but is looking really good, so, at this point, so, but this is exactly where you should be and where you want to be if you're, the, you're a White Sox fan.
0: Things are coming around for the White Sox, as we mentioned, Lakina, they got out to that slow start to start the first month of the season as we're entering the month of May now. Uh, you're getting a couple of guys back. Luis Robert, uh, he had flu-like symptoms the other day. Thank goodness this is nothing serious, so he should be I'm okay. COVID, so, yeah. La- uh, Lance Landis is going to start tonight's game, as you can see, this afternoon I should say on FS1 mm-hmm. in game two of that series against Cleveland. Lance is coming back. And of course, Geolito will pitch on Sunday. He didn't have uh, the uh, world's greatest outing on Tuesday, that the game that you were referring to. I thought Luis should have pulled him an inning before, but Uh, Giolito needs to uh, get back on track, and I think he he will be fine. But that offense, as I mentioned, it it showed up against a bad Young Tigers team. As we mentioned, Cleveland is going to be competitive, so you need to show up in this series because uh, the schedule does not get any easier for the White Sox. I know You'll, you'll, uh, after this, you had to go on the road to Kansas City, and then you'll still have to go uh, on the road to Minnesota. So uh, it doesn't get any easier. Like, and we talked about it a couple of episodes ago. I expected to, this team to be a few games over by over 500 by the time they hit this road trip uh, coming up to start the month of, of May after of uh, uh, the weekend games against Kansas City. You go to Cincinnati for two. You have an off day on Monday, and then you go to Cincinnati for two for Tuesday and Wednesday. And then next weekend, you go to Kansas City for three, and then to Minnesota for three. Uh, for for Then you come back home to, to host Minnesota for three and Kansas City for three. Yep. And then you go back out to Minnesota for three more games on Monday, May the 17th. So we're going to find out a lot about this White Sox team. Uh, after this uh, weekend series against the Indians, uh, you're going to face your uh, uh, your toughest foes in the division. As you mentioned, Kansas City is playing very good so far. I know they had a little hiccup uh, on Thursday at uh, Pittsburgh, but Kansas City is playing out of their minds right now. Detroit, like I said, is a, a young team uh, uh, trying to uh, have an a identity within themselves. Cleveland, as we mentioned, they're they're competitive. I don't know if they're going to hold on. I doubt it, but this is where the White Sox are, and they can only get better from here. Uh, we said this last year, Lincoln, they?" Uh, with that short 60-game season, the White Sox beat up on the sisters of the poor to get into the playoffs. You shouldn't apologize for it, but that's what happened due to a regionalized schedule. This year, there's no more excuses. You're the better team in the division. I know Kansas City is good, but you have to beat the teams in your division on a consistent basis to go where you need to go.
1: And it's not going to be easy. And I think that... Exactly. I think that Sox fans need to realize that. It looks like it turns out there's going to be a very competitive division, AL Central. So, you're going to you're going to be mm-hmm. getting your best from Cleveland and Kansas City and Minnesota. You know, Minnesota's starting to kind you're of... You tell like,
0: people Kansas City, they're not going to be uh, division winners, but they're going to be a... They're going to be a pain to people's side. To the side. And be, I, still, and I, I still expect that this year.
1: Yeah, but I mean, they're going to be pains at people's side, no doubt. I know, like I know, as is according, Minnesota's 8-15, and 15, but I don't think they're going to be that bad the rest of the season. I think they are going to kind of going to start trying to find their groove a little bit. So, look, I think if you're the White Sox, you're in a pretty good spot right now. The one thing you got to do is just you know just win those games, gets your division. That was the look. Mm-hmm. That was sort of your bread and butter last year. So if you can do that, mm-hmm. then you'll be feeling you know you should be feeling pretty good, you know, as we get into to the month of May because you've got a pretty tough schedule as I just mentioned. So. You need to make sure, you know, this is, you see this stuff, you know, the, the pitching and the hitting and the defense is going to be right there on, you know, be right there with you on a consistent basis.
0: You listen to the weekend edition of Sega City Sports along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Cindy Brown, which is me, as we talk about our Chicago baseball teams. Lakina, let's go over to the north side. <laughs> if you think things couldn't get any worse for the north siders, i.e. the Chicago Cubs, it's gotten a whole lot worse. They, they, uh, they are losers of three of their last four games to the Atlanta Braves. They salvaged uh, the, the rubber match on Thursday. Lakina, <laughs> as I said before the start of the season, I said it in the last couple of episodes, I accept the fact that what this team is is an a offensively, offensively challenged team. You had to depend on uh, great starting pitching. Your middle relief in your bullpen has been shaky at best. We haven't even talked about Craig Kimbrell yet. He hasn't gotten that much opportunities for the last couple of weeks because your, your bullpen, your middle relief, he's blowing games.
1: Yeah, and agree. your
0: offense I hit with in scoring position uh, consistently. And it, the Atlanta Braves, even though they've been struggling all year, they started, finally started to turn around. They got fat and happy on the Chicago Cubs, and that's what good teams do. And that's what the Braves did this past week.
1: Yeah, I want to see more of this, you know, with this Braves team. Let's say, well, we'll talk about them in a little bit. But as far as the Cubs are concerned, I mean, unfortunately, Kim was probably the only person you can't blame for this because, like you said, that so he hasn't had any opportunities because the middle mm-hmm. league has been bad. You know, the offense was, a lot of times doesn't show up. They were shut out two, of, you know, two of those three games against Atlanta, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just unacceptable right now. The only mulligan, I guess you could say, if you're a Coast fan, is if the rest of the division is not no one's pulling away from that division just yet. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the one thing. The one thing that you can probably say that, okay, maybe this is salvageable. I don't know. But mm-hmm. they got Cincy this weekend. You know on Monday, sorry, Monday, they got the Dodgers. We'll you know, they host mm-hmm. the Dodgers, so we'll see where the Dodgers are. I'm sure Doc Peters is gonna wanna show they're probably gonna to show up against his former team. They have they get Pittsburgh. They got two against Cleveland, three against Detroit, mm-hmm. and four <laughs> against uh, at uh, as you host Washington. You host the Nationals. They've been kind of up.
0: Kyle Schwarber is back.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that'll be interesting there too. So, I mean, look, you, you have a kind of a chance to sort of like maybe get back to five hundred, sort of be kind of like right there mm-hmm. in the division. Like I said, I don't think anybody's going to pull away from from that division just yet. Which is if you're coachman, it's probably a good thing. I mean. The Brewers, you know, they've been kind of up and down. You know, you don't know what Cardinals team you're gonna get. The Pirates have kind of, you know, you know, sort of leveled off, which was expected. And Cincy, you're mm-hmm. kind of like in the same boat with Cincy. So, I'm, I'm, look, look, I'm not like I have nothing else to say. I mean, hey, at least Rizzo can bright that. Look, he struck out Freddie Freeman. That's probably like the one sort of, you know, good thing you know to come out of. The series. <laughs>
0: Yeah, who looked better as a position player, as a pitcher, the Nader or Anthony Rizzo?
1: <laughs> well, I think – well, yeah, I think – I think didn't – I think I think I saw, I heard some of the Anthony Rizzo did kind of pitch for a little bit when he first started playing baseball, so. But I think, you know, Mercedes looked good, you know, pitching, so he could probably be that, that middle relief in case, <laughs> you know, the middle relief stinks for the White Sox, but – I, look, I think I always find it funny whenever position players pitch. It kind of keeps the games entertaining, even though yes, it's probably gonna it's probably a blowout when that situation happens. But I I I, I find the music. I, I know people don't like. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of folks were not fans of Rizzo Chicago, Freddie Freeman, but or Frederick Freeman. But I, I thought it was <laughs> funny. I thought it was fun. You can have a little fun, you know. Baseball. Look, yeah, you know what gets your buzz? Come on, baseball. lighten not?
0: Yeah, it's a long season. Uh, Speaking of the rest of the NL Central, uh, I did watch uh, a couple of those games of the Milwaukee uh, um, Miami Marlins, I should say series. Of course, uh, the Marlins took a tune for those couple of games. And of course, on Thursday night as they the Brewers start a a four game weekend series against the world champion Dodgers. Of course, as you mentioned, the Dodgers will be coming to Chicago starting on Monday night. Uh, The Dodgers uh, had a chance to steal that first game in Milwaukee. Milwaukee, uh, Held off the Dodgers two to one. Josh Hader looks good as a closer right now. Uh, Trevor Bauer, on the flip side, that for the Dodgers, he kept the Dodgers in it, but outside uh, outside of uh, uh, of that performance, the Dodgers have been having problems scoring runs. We'll get to more in a minute. But uh, the Brewers. Uh, uh, They've been uh, starting hot to start off the year. As as I said, they had a hiccup against the Miami Marlins. They won the first game against the Dodgers in their four-game weekend series. Uh, The Cardinals, I watched a couple of games in that series against uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. I know they won the rubber match on Thursday. Uh, Good luck to Bryce Harper. He got hit in the face with a baseball on Wednesday night. Think there's no broken bones, to my knowledge. It, It looked very ugly, even on a replay Ooh. You know, that's the risk that you take playing uh, baseball. But it looks like he's going to be okay. So, but like you mentioned, the Cardinals up and down. As I said before, the offense for them is not going to be a problem. It's their starting pitching, uh, which concerns me. Like I said, Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. Cincinnati, uh, they took three out of four in Los Angeles. No one saw that coming. I sure as hell didn't. Oh,
1: no, not at all. I think that's probably – And I watched
0: the majority of of those games in that series.
1: Yeah, so – That yeah, that's sort of like I think that caught a lot of folks off guard. The fact that the Reserve will take three Mm -hmm. out of four. I I know I think I think Dodgers fans are kind of like starting to freak out a little bit because now the Giants, you know, they've looked good, Mm -hmm. you know, thanks to Buster Posey and you know, Evan Longoria remember him folks. But look, I don't I don't think the Giants are gonna be up there as look, we saw this last year or maybe a couple years back with the Diamond Bats. They were right there with the Dodgers. You know, I think they were in the yeah. first place for about a day or two at one point, but Dodgers got hot, you know, the D bats got cold and you know, the rest was history there. So I'm thinking that's probably the same thing that's gonna happen with the Giants. I think if anything, there might, you know, they might want to wipe the slate clean and start over. You know, but and also pose guys like Pose and Longoria will probably be on the trading block at some point. But again, mm-hmm. still very early on. We're about a month in. So we'll see what happens with that. All the Giants actually have looked really impressive. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm think the Dodgers will probably, pro- I'm sure they'll get back on track. I think they're, they're just too good. There's too much talent on that team. The NL East is just weird. They got, there's like every team in that division is like only, only one game. One game is separating the, the five of them. There's a three HIs tie as of this recording between the Phillies, the Braves, and the Mets. Even, like I said, no one's pulling away from that division either. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's you got to think that we'll see if by this time next month how that division is going to look the the AL West. I mean, yeah, the the A's kind of have you know have you know heat things up. You know they've won I think eleven in a row. They've won I think like like they twelve of their last you know sixteen, fifteen, or sixteen or something like that. Although the Mariners are still hanging on, so are the Angels. You know Houston's kind of been sort of up and down lately, so no one's really playing pull away from that division. And in the East, look, Toronto they've kind of beat each other up at this point. Um, the mm-hmm. Red Sox they're not that. I don't think the Red Sox is going to level off. You know, the Rays, the Blue Jays, you know, the Yankees are still, are still struggling. Baltimore's come, falling back to earth, so I'm, I'm not, like, I'm not freaking out over these standings just yet. If you're fans of any of these teams, if you're fans of the Rays, or the Giants, especially the Yankees, you shouldn't really freak out just yet.
0: I'll say this before we move on, Lekina. I did watch both games of that quick two-game series between the Mets and the Red Sox. If you're the Mets, of course, they struggle to score runs. I think they scored a total of two or three runs in the mm-hmm. entire series. Yep. If you're Jacob deGrom, who's this, uh, their star pitcher for the Mets, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. He has a Jose Quintana, early Chris White Sox disease. What I mean by that is you pitch your you-know-what off, but you barely get any run support. Jacob DeGrom should have a hairline like mine. None. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because your teammates won't give you any runs. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I'm him, I'm like, I'm doing all this. You won't back
1: me up? What the hell? <laughs> it, just, I'm sure it's frustrating for him. I, I I feel really bad for him at this point because I, I don't know what else. Look, he's, he finished the month with 59 stride outs and a .51 ERA. I mean, that, that's – like the 20, 279th instance since earned runs became official that a pitcher have has at least 70, had, had at least 55 strikeouts mm-hmm. and below one ERA. Come on, you guys are wasting him over there in New York. Come on, exactly. Metropolitans. Come on, you guys are wasting him. <laughs> I, look, I don't blame him for being frustrated because it seems like he's kind of keeping you guys afloat. And luckily, like I said for y'all, the NL East, you know, no one's pulling away from that division yet. So it's still mm-hmm. pretty much up, up for grabs. And you can – look, you've got some time to write the chip, Mets. You better get it together or else I'm sure the DeGrom's probably going to lose it.
0: <laughs> Here's the series uh, that are going on from the world of baseball for this weekend. The St. Louis at Pittsburgh. You have the Tigers at the Yankees. The Marlins at the Nationals. Uh, those terrible New York Mets at the Phillies. Of course, Cubs and Reds. The Astros at Tampa Bay. Atlanta at Toronto, i.e. in Florida, mm-hmm. Florida. Um, Boston, the Red Sox will play in Texas for to, to continue that four-game weekend series for Globe, Lo, Globe Life Field. Of course, you have the Indians and the White Sox here in Chicago. Kansas City at Minnesota, I'll be looking – watching those games this weekend. Mm -hmm. And if you're a White Sox fan, you'll definitely be interested in that. Of course, the Dodgers and Brewers. Baltimore and Oakland, because Oakland is looking for revenge for Baltimore ending their 12-game winning streak last Sunday afternoon. And then Colorado at Arizona resuming their four-game series this weekend. Anaheim's at Seattle. And then, of course, San Francisco at San Diego. Let's see if San Diego could keep up their momentum after beating the Dodgers last weekend in southern california
1: should be a lot of fun out there in that that West division very wild yes. wild NOS so yes love that so you listen please like what well, no go ahead Sid, i'm sorry
0: no you go ahead um with the transition
1: oh this is i can see sports zoom style along with sydney brown i'm lakeena mcgee and uh Sid, let's go to the hardwood the nba <laughs> I mean... This should
0: be too quick. Oh, uh, my This goodness. should be quick regarding one team in town. Obviously, uh, there's one team in town playing basketball. I mean,
1: <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm looking at the Bulls. I mean, I mean, look, I, look, I think that that Knicks game, I'm like, look, I, I'm I, telling folks that, listen, I mean, we've seen this movie before. Look, I mean, Tim's, Tim's team, look, Tim's has done a really great job with that Knicks team. I'm not I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, denying that. I'm not discounting that. But we've seen this movie before, and just with every team he's coached, you know, you look good. You look good for like you know for the first year, and everybody's, you know, knees fall off or someone's ankle is gonna blow out. And look, it's only a matter of time. I'm not, I'm not wishing that on any of those folks, especially Julius Randle, who's had serious knee injuries. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, just in case that happens, if something like that happens, you were warned. But look, I mean, the Bulls started off the week with a nice win, splitting that weekend series against the Heat. But um, mm-hmm. they went. Look, you know, Donovan went big, and it worked for them. And look, the Heat went small, and you know they were able to kind of get the best of that. Could have won both of those games, but that's neither here nor there. The next game, I, I mean, look, I mean, I think there were a lot of factors in that. Not having Zach there, we'll we'll, we'll get to Zach in a little bit. Mm-hmm. That kind of Levine there, I think there was some homerism there. I mean, I mean, there were some calls. I mean, I mean, look, well, does does Vuch have to lose a limb to get some calls here, folks? I mean, what the heck? I mean, it's just crazy. <laughs> but I, I mean, look, look, I think that look, they've got the Bucks on Friday. We'll talk about that on Friday. We'll we'll, we'll talk about that game, obviously. But they're kind of like in a log Jen. Yeah. They're outside the playoffs right now. Some folks. Yeah,
0: behind the Wizards.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get to them in a little bit. The Wizards, but. What what what's your what's your mindset on the Bulls at this point? They're you're are about like uh, maybe what I like, got about a, maybe like six like about three or four two or three weeks left in, this, in the regular season. Mm-hmm. What's your mindset with the Bulls right now?
0: Uh, whether you make the playoffs or not, you got to finish strong. As we said before the season uh, kicked off, this was this was a player evaluation year. Uh, new management with Mark Eversley, the GM, and Arturis Kanishvish, the uh, the team president. They're evaluating players, and they're doing it as we speak. And this roster is going to look very different next year. Uh, whoever's on the floor, you had to give it your all. Uh, you're on the clock. And so uh, is, is the question is, who's going to be here next year? Who's not going to be here next year? Uh, when the chips are down, which they are right now for Chicago, who's going to step in and show their true character? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, you, you you're, you're, just like we say uh, uh, in all the other sports looking, especially in the NFL uh, during the end of the year. OK, you're not going to the playoffs. Everybody's hurt. Who can step up? Jobs are on the line. So you have something to play for. OK, it's, it may not be your ultimate goal. OK, but you still have something to play for your livelihood. And that's where this Bulls team is at right now.
1: Yeah, they're about, um, like as of this according, there are about two games out of that last um play-in spot with the Wizards, who apparently they've been playing better lately. I I you know, I I guess I guess Russell Westbrook, you know, everything that he's done, you know, with the triple double. I think he now has the most triple doubles of any player in in a month, you know, already. So it, it's just crazy that what he's been able to do with his, you know, almost being almost 30. I, look, I didn't think the Bulls would be in the top three or four. I guess other folks thought they would be, even after the trade. I know <laughs> what this team. I, look, I know how this team looks. <laughs> like I know. Look, you got Booch, you got Levine. Unfortunately, you know something. You know, look, I hope they can keep Daniel Tice because I think he's definitely the one of those guys mm-hmm. that can become a cult figure here in Chicago. Brown Jr. is another guy that you probably say that could probably be a good, you know. A piece, extra piece for the Bulls. Look, Kobe white has been playing very well. You know, sort of taking over for Zach on his absence. But other than that, I know, look, Garrett Temple's look good. You know, Thad Young's look good at times. Um Larry, you just don't know which Larry you're gonna get. Um, Denzel, I know that's everyone You player. give him a well, ticket
0: out of town. But, well, him, well, him uh,
1: and Denzel too. I think that's probably like are, <laughs> two guys that you, you put
0: Denzel own, on that ticket out of town too, right?
1: Yeah, put that. You put, put him on, on the Amtrak train. train. Put on the Amtrak train. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. I, at this point, look, I know, look, I don't need to, like, I've been saying this for like, the last month, I don't need to know what uh, Eversley and AK are doing. I don't. Look, if they want to, you know, work in silence, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that.
0: Going <laughs> Before we move on to the rest of the league, uh, going back to Wednesday's game against the Knicks, uh, and the Knicks pulled away in their fourth quarter. I know Derrick Rose, former Chicago Bull, is on the Knicks, and I was—I thought he was going to have a big game. Did you know that Wednesday was the nine-year anniversary of his uh, torn ACL against Philadelphia?
1: I heard about that, yeah.
0: That's why I thought he was going to have a big game. Maybe he was thinking of that. I don't know. But I remember real quick uh, watching that game with my late mother. And she, I remember she was yelling out loud, what the hell is he doing still out there on the floor? If you guys uh, don't remember, the Bulls were up about. 12 15 points with less than a minute to go, and then of course, that's when Rose had the devastating uh injury, and that turned the fortunes around for their franchise. So, this mm-hmm. is kind of where they are right now. Uh, it, <laughs> it, it's just interesting to see uh, uh, what a, a injury like that to a number one pick in your hometown uh, yeah. uh, did. It shattered all the hopes and dreams for everyone. Uh, I'm glad that D. Rose is still in the league. He's still doing great things with the Knicks. and They'll become a playoff team, so we'll see him in in playoff basketball. We won't see that from our hometown team here. But just uh, looking back at that anniversary nine years ago this past Wednesday, uh, uh, a lot changed on that day. Because that was supposed to be title number seven. That was probably the last time that the Bulls would have had a legitimate shot to get back at the Miami Heat. Yeah, and, and it didn't happen. Of course, the Heat went went on to win the title that year, and the next year over San Antonio with the LeBron James and company. So, that's just a lot changed on that day. Not though Derrick Rose would have a big game on Wednesday. He didn't, but well, we'll still get to watch him hopefully healthy in the playoffs with the uh, competing with the Knicks.
1: Should be interesting. And mm-hmm. also to that, that particular game, I kind of blacked it out of my mind. Like you said, for bringing that up. Um, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean a lot. You never know, say a franchise change, changing injury. And, you know, it's just unfortunate. I think that that was probably their best shot to win another title for right now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, look, I'm glad D Rose is still in the league playing, you know, mm-hmm. very well, being productive. And look, the, the Bulls are, you know, starting to kind of get their ducks in a row. So, look, hopefully the best for everyone's. Yep. All right. So, uh, what was
0: the best or worst from you, or best or worst from you from the association this week?
1: Oh boy, uh, there was just there were so many weird things. I mean, the Rockets being the Bucks. On um, when I actually got caught the tail end of that game after the Bears pick, and it was just weird. <laughs> One forty-three. <laughs> Shout out Kevin Porter,
0: the youngest player 50, to score 50, fifty points and ten dimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, fifty points were yeah. uh, definitely a, a career high for him. And, no, Giannis
0: on the floor. Let me go
1: off. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like I know, right? I mean, Giannis said that took that uh, that that game off, and and look, Houston took advantage. And look, they're tanking, obviously. But I think, mm-hmm. look, a win like this can only help your confidence. And also, too, John Wall is you know sitting you know for the rest of the season mm-hmm. you know, with a hammy. So you know, I think this is sort of the kind of win that helps your psyche if you're a, a Rockets fan. Of course, you're the if you're the Bucks, you're sort of like you're wondering what the heck happened um you know minnesota beating the warriors the warriors had kind of been on a tear lately and so is steph mm-hmm. steph had 37 but it wasn't enough and you know some valid scoring from minnesota We'll we'll see what happens with minnesota there's so many rumors of what's going to be happening with the franchise we'll see what happens with them um the suns being the clippers yeah but,
0: that was my one yeah. yeah congratulations to the suns for the first time since 2010 clinching a playoff spot like I said, Chris Paul is a top five candidate for MVP. Monty Williams, he should be the number one leader in culture of the year, period.
1: Utah, you know, needing 154 points to beat the beat the Kings. I don't know. Look, like everybody. Just, I think I think just about everybody scored that play. Everybody there. As
0: J, yeah, as Jason Golf Formula, the six seven to score now with NBC Sports Chicago. That's the NBA 80s on Coke.
1: Yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I mean, Clark said they had 23 off the bench. Oh no, no, that was yeah, yeah. He had 23 off the bench. So I think that look good for them for kind of holding down the floor while Mitchell's recovering from his knee injury. So hopefully, you know, he'll be back soon. Um, the Lakers, I'm, I'm kind of like thankfully, looks like LeBron will be back on tomorrow. Tomorrow I just saw a tweet from Woj, She'll you know, come back from the ankle injury because mm-hmm. they need him. Because yes. look as great as as AD's been, he's kind of like starting to kind of get him back into the swing of things. They need LeBron back. And they they really do. I mean they they lost to the, the Wizards and you know, don't feel bad the Wizards have been on a roll lately. You know, mm-hmm. A D had twenty six, but again they need more balanced scoring. Some guys are not showing up for the Lakers. I Cal Kuzma. Cools- uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I wasn't gonna <laughs> name Sid, but uh, since you mentioned him since you mentioned him, I mean look, he only had eleven. Casey KCP Casey only had four points in that game and Look, they, they need LeBron back. They need him back desperately. Hopefully, you know, I'm sure it's going to take them a couple of games to kind of get, get back into it, but they really need LeBron back, and hopefully they can kind of, like, try to get off that, you know, that play-in scenario. They're kind of, like, right on the edge mm-hmm. of that. So, hopefully they can kind of get back into it. So, what about you, Sid? I saw, I saw the uh, the Suns being the Clippers from you, but what other games were you intrigued, or what, what else intrigued you this past week in the NBA?
0: As I mentioned, uh, the, the Phoenix Suns clinching uh, that playoff spot on Wednesday, and congratulations to them once again. Of course, uh, going back to Tuesday's action quickly, the Thunder upsetting the Boston Celtics. I know the Celtics have been on the road for the last couple of weeks, uh, but they, they, they gave their game away on their home court. Portland's been on the road, winning their two games this week. They beat they Memphis at home, wins. and they beat the Pacers on the road on Tuesday, so uh, Portland, they're trying to avoid the, uh, the playing tournament, so they, they need to, those two wins, as you mentioned. Of course, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, they beat the Pacers on Thursday on the road, and they beat the Raptors on Tuesday on the road. Kevin Durant uh, starting to come into form as we head towards the end of the season, getting ready for the playoffs.
1: Yeah, some, some great performances by a lot of these guys, and we're kind of like into the like you said, we're about only about three weeks left in this in the regular season, mm-hmm. so everyone's sort of like playing for position. There'll be some big games, you know, starting today, you know, on Saturday, you know, also the mm-hmm. first, first day of May. Um, you know, some very interesting matchups. I mean, you got Chicago and, and uh, Atlanta, I should say, that should be an interesting one. Um, there down in Atlanta. Uh, that'll be a second of a of a back to back. You know, we'll see what happens with that game right against Milwaukee. Um the first the first game the ES Pandela header, which is sort of weird, but I, but I kind of get it. Golden State of Houston. Houston coming off that big win, so hopefully maybe they can, you know, ruin some playoff dreams for some of these teams. Um let's see, uh Washington and Dallas. That's suddenly becoming a very intriguing matchup, you know. Washington trying to stay kind of in that, that play-in uh, game.
0: That game should have been on ESPN. They could have stopped yeah. that Golden State-Houston game. Exactly,
1: exactly. Um, Toronto and Utah, another team that's trying to, you know, get into that, that play-in position. Also, the second half of that ESPN doubleheader, Denver and the Clippers. That should be a fun one.
0: <laughs> and also, to a very underrated game uh, at 7 o'clock tonight. You have New Orleans and Minnesota. The Pelicans still trying to hang around in there for, to qualify for that play-in tournament quietly Zion Williamson is having a good year.
1: Perfect timing for him to have a great year on Sunday. You got the ABC tomorrow, which is tomorrow. You got the ABC game of the week. here. You got Brooklyn and Milwaukee, maybe Eastern conference finals preview perhaps, or semi-finals preview, depending on how the, the seating goes. That should be fun.
0: Yeah. Let's see if Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo plays because he injured his ankle on Thursday against uh, the Rockets. So, of course, he didn't play the rest of that game. Hopefully he's healthy enough to play. If not, it's going to be an ugly one to watch. But uh, either way, it should be interesting. Of course, Brooklyn on the other side—they so always have people out, so maybe it's an even match there.
1: <laughs> mm, yeah, probably. It should be a should be an interesting game and entertaining game nonetheless. The first game of that mm-hmm. NBA TV doubleheader—you got Portland and Boston. Portland's been, you know, playing very well lately. You gotta think that confidence-wise and also to avoid that play-in the Western Conference, mm-hmm. they gotta beat Boston. Boston's been, you know, you don't know which Boston team you're gonna get, so that should be a very interesting game, just, you know, in that sense.
0: Yes, also at 7 o'clock uh, on Sunday you'll have Miami at Charlotte. That's, that's- that should be interesting. Horn is still hanging around to qualify for that playing tournament. Miami has been on the roll. Uh, at the same time, you have uh, Sacramento at Dallas. Of course, uh, Sacramento beat Dallas in Dallas a couple of uh, Sundays ago. So, this will be a revenge game for mm-hmm. Dallas. I know Luca missed the last game due to Elbor soreness, I believe. So, hopefully, he'll be back by then. Of course, at the same time, you'll have the Knicks at the Rockets, uh, Phoenix at Oklahoma City. Philadelphia at San Antonio. And then wrapping up the NBA TV doubleheader at 9 o'clock, you'll have Toronto at Los Angeles. You said that hopefully LeBron James will be back by then. That's word. That's the word.
1: That's the word, okay. That's the word that, that he'll be back for that game. So – run on NBA TV, check your cable or satellite provider or watch it via your, whatever your device that you watch your games. (laughs) Yep.
0: (laughs) Let's head over to to Monday's action. You'll have Indiana at Washington at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, ESPN at 6.30 will have Golden State at New Orleans. At 7 o'clock, you'll have Portland at Atlanta to take on the Hawks, of course, You'll have the Chicago Bulls hosting the Philadelphia 76ers at the UC. That game will get ugly real fast. Uh, <laughs> at the same time, you'll have the Knicks at the uh, Memphis Grizzlies at nine o'clock. You'll we'll have your, nine o'clock. You'll have San Antonio at Utah, and then wrapping up that Monday night ESPN doubleheader, you'll have the Denver Nuggets at the Los Angeles Lakers.
1: Should be fun. All around, and that is your MBA, mm-hmm. your MBA talk for this weekend. Okay, Sid. Um, with the crowds and everything, that's sort of like like the point of contention with some with some people. Um, you got Los Angeles hoping to get back into hoping they get back into capacity full capacity by mid June with mm-hmm. all their venues and whatnot. New York, we were we were talking about before the for the podcast. They're hoping to kind of get back in you know in full by June. Chicago, I mean, like like we mentioned earlier, they made the announcement that they're, you know, they want the Bulls and the Blackhawks, the U.C. to be at twenty five percent capacity. Mm-hmm. Which for me, like I said before, I think slow and steady. You gotta take it slow here, folks. I mean, there, you still got some cases going on in some parts of the country, especially and especially here in Illinois. So I would say slow and steady, folks. We're almost there. Let's patience, kids, patience.
0: You know, what? as I said before, we need to get back to normal as, as soon as possible. But like you said, we do have to be careful. But as we, if you've been listening to this program or watching it, we told you that this is the, the way that it was going to go. Now, as you mentioned, uh, uh, Governor Cuomo, of the state of New York, uh, I believe by mid-May, it goes from 20% to 33% for the Mets Mm -hmm. and the Yankees, so you should have more tickets available, more opportunities for fans to watch those games. In the state of Massachusetts, uh, I know that uh, the Red Sox had the smallest attendance in the ma- in the major leagues with mm-hmm. a 10% c- capacity between four and five thousand fans, and so the, I think they'll go up to 20-25%. I believe by mid-May as well. So, as you mentioned, Los Angeles they want to be uh, at full capacity between mid-June and July 1st. We'll yeah. see what happens there, because remember that was the hot spot uh, toward the end of the year, maybe in the beginning of this year. So. It looks like things are starting to get back to normal slowly, but like you said, we still have a long way to go. Chicago, as you mentioned, the Blackhawks will have the last two uh, regular season home games with fans at 25% capacity. The Bulls, the same thing. I know the Bulls' first game with fans will be Friday, May 7th, against the Boston Celtics. That game has to be happens to be on ESPN. I know tickets will go on sale for both the Bulls and the Blackhawks this coming Monday, May the 3rd, so go to your – uh website information for more information on that how to get tickets i think uh, as major league baseball did i think uh season ticket holders would get first opportunity yeah. and rightfully so yeah I right
1: rightfully that's so gonna that's gonna how that good.
0: goes wherever tickets are re- will, will be left over it'll go on sale to the public
1: yeah and i think that's now really that. now and with I the city Ch-
0: yeah and with the city of chicago you, you haven't uh heard uh, some of these outdoor events are starting to be planned and uh, take place. You know, the Windy City Smokeout for our country music listeners. Uh, that's going to be held in July. But as of now, it's going to re- you're going to have to require a COVID negative COVID test or a Vaccine. vaccination card. As of right now, hopefully that changes. But as of right now, that's the rules right now for that festival outside the United Center. Um, of course, a lot of Palooza, like they may be coming here uh, for for this summit. I don't think it's going to be the same, but at least you'll have some normalcy back with that. Hopefully we won't have any weird smells downtown. As you know, Likina, we used to do our radio show down there from uh, IMS and you have any of these weird smells and all the other stuff, but that's a whole nother issue. Um, you're starting to see things around the city starting to pop up. Navy Peel's starting to reopen up slowly. So, mm-hmm. And Wrigley Field is going to have concerts there this summer. I don't know if it's going to be at full capacity, but if you could get at least half capacity, that's just my guess, you'll be okay. And I, I had this thought, and I said it all along in the show, Lakina. if the public's doing what we're supposed to do, and you still have, quote, unquote, eight to 10,000 people at Wrigley Field and at Sox Park by the time midsummer hits, there's going to be a problem. Oh, yeah. But like I said before, uh, once these other events start to get go, going, everything's okay. It's not a question of if; it's a matter of question of when. W h e n when you increase capacity at both these uh, uh, ball uh, ballparks, since we're focusing on baseball, including our two teams here in Chicago. So especially the Sox, they need those crowds. Especially the team is starting to get hot; they're starting to win. More people want to come, and so. Uh, uh, it's a matter of when the, the um, Chicago your mayor, Chicago <laughs> mayor Miss Lori Lightfoot, start to uh, increase capacity uh, to let more fans into the ballpark, especially if it's less risk that you're going to catch this virus outside. You're outside, folks.
1: Well, and I know I understand that some folks would say that Chicago, and Illinois, have been more conservative about this, but no, I think they're playing it just right. Look, at, I don't, I don't want to be like Texas where they have everybody there you know that full capacity right away or or florida where the usc fight you know last week the last weekend you had like a, almost a full capacity i'm not ready for those type of crowds just yet i'd rather take it slow i mean look at everything look at, look at, look at the derby that's going to be going on right now in a, in a, in a few hours they're, they're going to be at 50 percent capacity i think they were only at about like 20 25 percent last year when they mm-hmm. had to delay it and they had to you know take place in november so, I think this is – look, I think this is the best way to do it. And, look, if you're a Kentucky Derby person, they're probably – they're not going to do, like, the whole red carpet. Thing. I think they're limiting a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, we'll, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see what we, what happens here. You got, you know, essential equality, known agenda, and rock your world. Yes, those are horses' names, folks. Those are – <laughs> so, for those of you, you know, who want to gamble in Kentucky Derby, those are the three, like, favorites. So, you know, you want to bet on one of those horses to win, you know, have that. It's legal now. So. Have you
0: been talking to Eddie Olchek?
1: Well, then, yeah, I know, I know, right? I'm sure, I'm sure, you know. No Enzo said so. Enzo yeah, said so. So we'll see, we'll see about the Kentucky Derby, but it should be a lot of fun this weekend down there at Churchill Downs. But look, they're 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 going to be a half capacity, so it's fine.
0: Mm-hmm. And also, too, let's not forget. what brought this up. I read this in the article in the Athletic. If you guys haven't subscribed to Athletic, please do so. It's is it. you. It's worth your money is well spent on that publication. Please read a we had a few people on from there on this program in the D and Davis show. Now that David show on on this uh, platform in the past, so please go support them. Um, they had the article about the Atlanta Braves, of course, that beat the Cubs uh, this week, three out of four games down there, Truist Field in, in, in suburban Atlanta. They're going to up up to full capacity starting on May seventh.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see. I, I mean, look, like I said, I'm not ready for that kind of capacity yet. Look. I'm sure. Look, I'm sure a lot of those folks have or have been vaccinated, or at least you know have mm-hmm. had their first shot. So that's fine. You know, I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. So, I mean, look, I think that I think. Look, I think some some states and cities are you know playing it a little more like, okay, we got to get everybody back into it. No, I think I like I like how we've been doing it here in Chicago and Illinois. Look, I think slow and steady. I think wins the race. So. I mean, look, if people want to you know, go to the ballpark, look, want to go back to normal, fine. But I'm still going to wear a mask. I don't trust some of y'all. So that's just me. But you know, we'll <laughs> see. We'll see how it is the, the rest of the time.
0: I just want to hold our politicians accountable. I'm not trying to turn this into meet the press. But I want to hold our con- ca- uh, politicians accountable, whether you voted for them or not. If you say, as a public, we should be doing these things, OK, great. You do what you're supposed to do. Start playing around. Because if you're not holding up your end of the bargain, there's going to be a problem. As I said before, Lakeena, this is I know this is bigger than me and bigger than us. But I'm ready to go back into uh, Sox Park. And I will do that this year. If, it's, if the capacity is not open after we're doing what we're supposed to do as a public, there's going to be a problem. I- I'm dead serious about that. I'm okay. ready to go right now. That doesn't mean that I don't give a damn about my health. That doesn't mean that I'm reckless and not doing what I'm supposed to do. It doesn't mean all that. I don't want to hear none of that. I'm ready to go right now, open up capacity, let more people in. We need to get back to normal. It doesn't mean we don't care about our health. Things need to get go back to normal. As I said before, and I'll say it here, it's not about the CV anymore. It's about economics. And what Jason Leisure said about the NFL, we said this on this show too, the The NFL usually get what it wants. It's it it going to have full capacity come the fall. And you know, with all that traffic, all the tailgating, all the merchandise, and all the money spent at that stadium, which the City of Chicago owns with the Park District. It all comes down to money. I don't care if you're, we don't endorse this on this program, but I don't care if you're the drug dealer on the corner, the pharmacy, or any other business in this world. If you don't like money, there's gonna be a problem. And don't tell me that your mayor and your governor don't like money because if they say that, they're full of crap
1: oh look i think it's about economics but like i said before i think you want to kind of take it easy and like you said you're seeing you know more festivals are going to be at the very least 50 percent or a third and and look i I much rather do it safely and reopen safely than just go full on so look i'm sticking to what i said i think by i think by mid-september things are going to be full at full capacity but like jason said you know look we're not you know experts we're not doctors so we'll stick to you know the opinions of those folks, but this is just me and our opinion, and we don't endorse it. So we'll see what happens.
0: No, I'm, just, I'm just by saying this, and excuse my little rant, but I just had to get it out. It's Just to all these people in charge, and that's why you say it starts for voting. I'm not trying to turn this to meet the press, but it starts with us. We're the politicians' bosses, not the other way around. Stop playing with our lives. We can do two, three, three things at once, ladies and gentlemen. You yeah. walk around. We walk around with our. Listen to our music and walking at the same time. We can chew gum and walk at the same time. No time we can't do two, three damn things at once.
1: Uh, all right, and <laughs> yeah. So like I said, so look.
0: I'm not <laughs> mad at you, look, You just had to get it out.
1: Well, I mean, like I said before, look. If you're not gonna get vaccinated, make sure you, you know, you're pulling your mask, mm-hmm. you wash your hands, and keep your distance. And and you know, look, do what you do. If you need to do. Vac- if you've been vaccinated, mm-hmm. look, wait the ten days, ten fourteen days until you're fully, you know you know um, not not immune but you know you'll be protected from COVID and just do it that mm-hmm. way whatever you guys need to do don't shame people in who don't want to get the vaccine i mean like people thank have you no reason. thank you outside of the you know, of course the, the mm-hmm. conspiracy theories anti-vaxxers aside i'm not gonna i'm, not, gonna, I'm mm-hmm. not counting those folks but there are like we've been saying there are folks who have legitimate concerns about the vaccine so mm-hmm. let's not shame people in doing it but i think a lot of people are waiting for herb immunity and hopefully we'll get there at some point. Yeah. So that we kind of get back to some, maybe that's a, probably a way for some people to get back to someone normal. We'll see. But like I said, just, just, just practice common sense. That's basically what I'm going to end yes. here with, with just, just practice common sense, folks.
0: Yes. Uh, you, the only person responsible for you is you.
1: Absolutely. And on that note, you can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG.
0: You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Ooh, real, 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 real. <laughs> I'm fired up today. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. There we go. Okay. And you can, <laughs> and you can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, first right here on YouTube at War Media. Uh, Every Monday and Friday, once again, at WARR Media every Monday and Friday for the visual version. The audio version is still the same as far as the scheduling is concerned. Every Tuesday and Saturday on War on Anchor. That's every Tuesday and Saturday at War on Anchor. That's WARR on Anchor, which keeps you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and the iHeartRadio app. Go to our website, weareregoradio.com, for articles and more information. And you can follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at War Media. Once again, at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you very much in advance for your support.
1: Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Happy Justin Fields Day. Yay. Mm, we'll be a statue outside at Soldier Field probably in about a month. For
0: I'm not s- saying Super Bowl, you say you still got a long way to go.
1: A long way to go. So let, let's, <laughs> but, but encouraging nonetheless. So for a said, I'm like like I've been saying, you know, be careful out there, folks to be good to each other. This has been Second City Sports Zoom style, and we'll see you next week. Till next time. Holla.